0: Welcome to the Dynasty Junkies podcast with your hosts, Rocky Petrella and Dustin Church. Let's get to the
1: show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of the Dynasty Junkies podcast. I am Rocky Petrella, along with fellow junkie and co-host Dustin Church, who is actually also sort of appearing on another pod this week. You want to tell him about that, Dustin?
2: Yeah, I'm on uh, this week's episode of Dynasty Diagnostic. The guys over there, Eton and Sam, they're going through and uh, finding some uh, moves from my roster. It's a, it's a fun rebuild, um, so if you guys want to go check it out, uh, those guys are appreciate it. They run an awesome show over there at the Dynasty Diagnostic.
1: Yeah, Stompy and Eton are great, and, and you can listen to them rip apart Dustin's roster this week. So that should be fun and we have and the guest again this week last week it was russ from trade addicts this week we have the one and only meatloaf wildcat brian harr brian how you doing
2: what's up dudes how's it going man Good. i'm so pumped to have you on so you guys will hear it to, uh, in this episode uh, brian does all the drops for the show he does the intro for the show couldn't be more excited to get him on the show welcome brian yeah, Dustin.
0: Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, guys. Um, re- really happy for the two of you uh, starting this thing up and a great first episode. And we're going to we're going to try to uh, outdo that one. Of course, uh, Russ and I are in constant. No, we're not in constant competition. <laughs> Get out of here. But no, I'm excited to be here and and uh, really looking forward to tonight. And um, and again, really happy for the two of you uh, getting this thing up and going.
1: Uh, I mean, we know you guys usually do that sort of little interview thing. We're not quite doing that, but we have a little question we want to ask everyone each week. We actually forgot to ask Russ last week. First show jitters maybe or something.
0: Saquon say Barkley?
1: Nothing about Saquon. <laughs> not oh. yet, Brian. That comes later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Saquon <When>? not
2: 101?
1: <laughs> <sighs> I just had to give you some shit, Brian. Always. You're
0: doing well. You're doing very well. With, and basically, that shit. one...
1: That one question we want to ask every guest is: Is when and how did you become a dynasty junkie?
0: Yeah. So with me, this it's a this a funny story. So I was actually uh, in my master's program, uh, working working through school, and I I went to an online. My, I did did my master's program was an online program, but we had to go down to the school and do intensive classes where we'd go down for like two weeks and sit in lecture essentially for for 8 and 9 hours a day for for 2 weeks and in the evenings you know you could do whatever you wanted outside of the work for the school and i stumbled i'm the luckiest son of a gun ever with with dynasty i stumbled across dynastyleaguefootball.com and i clicked on the forum button and by the end of the 2 weeks i had a username and I had probably about 130 posts. Um it just sucked me in so fast, the football talk on there, um on the DLF forums. And and it and it's I mean obviously the DLF forums are are still around today and they're still as awesome as they were, you know, um back when I found them. That was I think the summer of 2012. Um I did not join a league that year, but I joined a league the following fall, a dynasty league. My first dynasty league I joined would have been the summer of 13. Um, and I was in that league, I think for about f- five, six years and I wanted the last two. And then I bounced because it was falling apart and it did fall apart. So, but, um, but yeah, so that's, that's how I got into dynasty. Um, I just stumbled across DLF. Luckily, thankfully, um and it i just got sucked right into the format and the idea of not having an off season um just was really really exciting for me i i was never really a fantasy baseball guy i mean i played in a couple leagues but you know it it didn't it didn't do what fantasy football did for me so uh, in in terms of excitement so the year round format of of fantasy football and of dynasty fantasy football just hooked me yeah that's
2: awesome i remember when the DLF forums that for the longest time like was the only place you could really go to get advice. There wasn't podcasts out, there wasn't all these websites. Like it, the DLF forums was it. Mm-hmm. I remember I was up there like constantly. I got I remember days I was like not going to bed because I was like trying <laughs> to get responses so I can like make moves and like, so I I I can definitely appreciate the the DLF forums. Like they're amazing. Like I remember I like, going through the signature and having all my teams down there and all my settings and trying to fit the characters in and like, yep. uh, and I like, posting team one in the settings, look below. Like, you know, like it was just like a, a thing and it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: now I'm in so many leagues. I can't, I mean, I can't even put, I can't even put the leagues down at the bottom in your signature area where you used to do that. I remember that too. I did the same thing. And then, you know, that way it's, it's like, oh, this is for team one in my sig. You know, I mean, so they knew what you were talking about when you were asking questions. But with uh, with thirty leagues or twenty five leagues or whatever it is, it's I mean, that's that's a little challenging these days.
1: Yeah, I know. For me, it's, it's a couple of years ago. I was when I first discovered Dynasty Twitter, and from then on, I was just gone league after league. It's when I got into trade addicts and. Uh, to find out, I could get in all these online leagues. That that I had been playing Dynasty for a couple of years at that point, home leagues. But uh, that that's when I became a junkie.
2: Yeah, trade AX three for life. uh Owl House dropped it on the show last week. You know, it's still your favorite league, so it is TA three. It is. It's my favorite league.
1: Hashtag TA three for life.
2: Got to
0: try to win the damn thing here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean. <laughs>
2: Sorry, Rocky Dustin. needs to win it. No, I was just saying Rocky needs to win it too. You know, I won it in year one against Rocky. Nobody asked you, Dustin.
1: <laughs> yeah, he likes he likes to he likes to bring that up. <laughs> I can yep. do, I'll keep bringing up how I made the finals of Scott Fishbowl 9. and He can keep bringing up how he beat me in TA3. Yeah, well, I didn't do either. <laughs>
0: but I, I, guess, I had a podcast before the two of you. So
1: Yeah, there you no, go. I,
0: I love you guys. I do. I I need to listen to this show and make sure that I'm getting the info so that I can win some shit. Is this PG?
1: You can say whatever you want, Brian. All right.
0: I swear a little more on other people's podcasts than I do on my own. I don't know. What that's about, but
1: we're good, okay. And <laughs> I am uh, not worried. And with that, uh, we'll get to the oh, actually, before we do that, I'm sorry, Dustin, you want to let them know the big news we have for the pod?
2: Yeah, so you guys have probably heard it on Trade Addicts Podcast and the Fantasy Timeline. We are joining the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network with both those shows this week, so we're really excited to be part of the team. Uh, Brian, Russ. You know we got the the fantasy timeline guys go check out their show um but really excited to be part of the the network you guys are going to see lots of good things continuing to evolve from all three of our shows so just really excited and blessed to be uh joining the network you know especially after one episode um really honored to be part of so so many great podcasters out there
1: yeah and and brian and russ have been so supportive from the second we started talking about this and and for them to invite us in this is like you said after one episode it's just so thing yeah
0: absolutely no we're we're really really excited about having you guys uh with the the dap network we, we we do have a great i mean the the thing the thing about our network that we're really focusing on i mean obviously quality content i mean that's that's what this is about but it's about the people too i mean we we just we really we love y'all i mean we really do i mean it's it's like a family you know trade addicts three all the trade addicts leagues really um you know, and, and, and certain podcasters and, and personalities in this community. Um, I mean, it's a tight community as it is. Uh, and, and the group that we've put together so far uh, is, is some of our closest, um, you know, friends and, and people that we, uh, you know, that's that Russ and I ask you guys for advice and you guys ask us for advice and it's a very, you know, and we, and we ask we all ask Bill and Josh for advice, the, the fantasy timeline guys. Um, so it's, it's, it's just a great group of people, um, and we're really excited about about this thing moving forward. Um, we, we got a lot of exciting stuff planned. We've got a lot of exciting ideas that we're working on planning. Um, so there's a lot to come. But, uh, yeah, very excited about the network, and uh, it's awesome to have you guys being a part of that.
1: Yeah, and speaking yeah. of what you said about Trade Addicts 3, too, is I just have been thinking about that recently is – the evolution of of the guys in there has been amazing. Like me and Dustin now doing this Joe, we, he, I mean, he was already a bit of a Twitter presence, but he's even more out there. Stoops has become a podcast host. Even you guys, you know, when we'd started trade X three, you guys were still fairly, fairly new and, and you're all over the place now. It's just been, been amazing to see.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, definitely a lot of, a lot of great minds, um, in, in that in that group of folks which is my um, favorite <laughs> <laughs> yeah Ro- your rocks just hammering he's ha- <laughs> he's hammering it man we're, we're uh yeah he's putting me in in he's making me uh uncomfortable in the chair no i'm well, yeah no <laughs> i I've, i'm on record as as saying that it's definitely my favorite league um no disrespect to any of the other ones i i love i love the other trade addicts leagues as well um but uh but yeah three three's a different breed for sure
1: yeah, Russ won't admit it, so we have to, we have to get you to keep saying it. <laughs> there you go.
2: <laughs> yeah, so make sure you guys go uh, follow the network on Twitter at DAP underscore network and the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network on iTunes. And anywhere you find your podcast, you'll be able to find the entire stream of all the shows.
1: Okay, and so now we'll get to the NFL news. News and notes. This week... Basically, there was just a few minor moves. I'm just going to lump them all together, and we can talk about whatever we want to talk about. A um, few minor signings, Andy Dalton to the Cowboys, uh, Chris Thompson signed by Jacksonville, and the eternal Frank Gore to the Jets. Um, of these three, the one none of them are super fantasy relevant, but the one that sticks out to me is, is Thompson to Jacksonville, just for the effect it might have on Fournette. He got, he got, what was it, 100 targets last year? When Chris Thompson was a thing, it was uh, with Jay Gruden in, in uh, Washington. You definitely can see probably meeting some of that uh, passing work for, for net that he got last year out of, out of nowhere. He might have some positive touchdown regression to help make up for it, but uh, maybe a little hit from that. What do you guys think about any of these things?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think all very interesting moves, I guess, um, I mean, the the Thompson thing, I think you're right, Rock. I think that's probably the most fantasy relevant for this year. Um, you know, the, the thing about Thompson is he can't stay healthy, right? I mean, he's played 16 games once in his seven-year career. Um, and that was way back in 2016, which I believe was also his best year uh, overall. 2017 was all right, too, until he had the knee injury. But, uh, yeah, I I don't know what to think here with Thompson. I mean, I'm not overly concerned about him, you know, overtaking Fournette or anything like that. But could he have some pass-catching value in that offense? Maybe. Maybe. We'll just have to see how it works out. These other two moves, I mean, Dalton is backing up Dak Prescott this year. So I don't expect any fantasy relevance there. Uh, And then uh, Frank Gore, I mean, for God's sakes, guy, like – I mean, good for him, like good for him, but geez, oh man, like you know, you're supposed to kind of know when it's time. And I, I like I it's been time since like nineteen eighty-four and and Frank Gore's just he's still going, man. I mean it's like what is this year twenty-eight or something?
1: Isn't his son in college, but I'm wondering if he's trying to hang on to play to play in the league with his son. To play I, I with think, his son. that was be- I think his son is playing somewhere in college. That would be interesting.
0: That would be interesting. Um yeah, man. I mean I, I just I don't I don't know. I mean I, I mean guess he was still like a little bit effective in that like short yardage goal line type of role uh in Buffalo, but um I just don't see a lot of I mean I don't I mean Lev Bell's there, Adam Gase is there, that's the real problem. I mean, how's he he didn't know how to use anybody. So let's, you know, I mean, everybody that he uses goes, gets better once he leaves. So it's, you know, I, I, am not, I'm not overly excited about
2: the Gore thing. Yeah. I don't think the Gore thing really has anything to do with fantasy on the fantasy time one today. Josh actually brought up a good point that he, he thinks maybe they brought in Gore to kind of be that running backs coach to Michael P Ryan and to kind of help him learn the league a little bit. Cause he's been in the league so long. He's, he's generally considered a good guy in the league. Um, and you can't really have P Ryan be your, your main backup this year. Um, so I, I don't, it's, like I said, it's not going to make any difference for fantasy, but I, that makes sense on why they would bring that, that somebody else in to kind of teach their rookies, the ropes a little bit. I mean, Brian, you know firsthand, like Bell, like he's super talented on the field, but you don't want him really, you know, mentoring your rookies or you know, rest of your team. So bringing in somebody with the veteran presence that Gore has makes sense. So, yeah, for sure. The other, the other two you guys hit on the head. Um, Dalton, I think it's a great. Uh, it was a great move by Dallas and a great move by, um, Dalton himself. I don't think there's any chance that. Um Dak holds out, but if he does hold out, you know, Dallas is set with a, a capable starter in the league and cost him what three three million dollars. So um yeah, I, I, it's a great fit, but until something happens with Dak, he's just gonna be a backup.
1: So. Yeah, that the one fantasy relevant bit of the Dalton sign to me is just that if Dak does hold out or gets hurt, Amari, Gallup and uh Lamb can probably still, you know, they're not gonna go in the tank. It's not like David Blau coming in or something in Detroit last year. So, but other than that, there's not much to it. So enough about those backup players. Um, <laughs> let's go to our commissioner corner now. Commissioner corner. This week, we are going to talk about, we don't want to talk about this too much, but as a commissioner, it's something you have to prepare for with the whole coronavirus situation. Um, that What's going to happen this year? Is there going to be a season? Is there not? Is it going to be shortened? I, as a commissioner, have prepared for it in some of my leagues already. I've already put out some guidelines, uh, various different scenarios, the biggest one being um, if there is no season this year at all. Um, And basically, if that happens, one of the biggest issues that's going to come up is 2021 draft order. Um, So what do you guys think about that if we have no season season? In my league, I actually originally put it in all my leagues, actually, um, that we would have. I originally had thought of doing it as just random because I, I wasn't sure how fair it would be to do it any other way. Auction's a possibility. Also, I want to give a shout out to a, a, a coincidentally, just yesterday, a, a guy on Twitter, Robert Block at Robert Block07. I want to give him a shout out. Um, he had said, um, he had created, he'd said, and he sent it to me too. and we, I showed it to Dustin a two and a half page document on, on what he's going to do. If there is a uh, no season, three games, six games, seven, he has it all planned out, but if no season, he actually just plans to emulate whatever the NFL does, which actually makes a lot of sense. He has it in there. If they do a lottery, if they repeat the order, then that's what we're going to do. But what do you guys think? What's the, what's what might be the best way I know. Um, Dustin, what do you think? And you're, I know you're a commission. Brian is more speaking from the owner point of view, but. What do you think as a commissioner, Dustin?
2: So I'm just trying to stay water with the situation. I don't think there's any way we don't have a, have a, a season. When I was agree. on the Trade Addicts a couple weeks ago with Brian, and I, told, I said the exact same thing. They're going to find a way to have the season, whether it's an abbreviated season, whatever, we'll see. Um, with the schedule releasing today, Goodell said that there was some flexibility built into the schedule around COVID already. And he built that into the playoff structure and the Super Bowl timing as well. So the NFL is already thinking about that. And if I remember right, he said something about the the way that the games are scheduled was going to make it to where we can adapt if we need to and change and push things back. Um, I, I don't think there's any possibility that we lose this season. They're going to find a way. There's too much money in it. There's... You know, I could see it in empty stadiums, but they're they're going to play the season. And if I'm so I'm just proceeding as usual until I know that there's something that's going to happen.
1: I think that's actually the most likely scenario. Like you said, I think the most unlikely scenario is that there is no season. I think what happens is you won't see a fan, fan in a stadium and probably in 2020 or if you do it'll be like 25% capacity, but Brian it looked like you were going to say something.
0: Oh, uh, I was just, uh, I mean, from an owner's perspective or a, a manager's perspective, I mean, I'm, I'm preparing as if there's going to be a season. Uh, I'm glad that I'm in leagues with good commissioners <laughs> that are hopefully thinking about this stuff. I mean, I know you two are certainly, so that's awesome. Um, And, and I hope that the other commissioners are, I'm so glad right now that I'm not a commissioner. <laughs> In in many leagues, I mean, I have a couple home leagues that I I am a commissioner in, but they're very, I mean, they're they're very easy to commission, and I don't really do much to be honest with you, other than setting up the league. So, and and they're not dynasty, so which sucks, but whatever. Um, so yeah, but it's definitely something that I mean, it's definitely something that commissioners should be looking into. Um. I just you know, I'm just planning as if there's going to be a season and hoping maybe it's more wishful thinking than anything uh, because I don't know what the hell I'm going to do this fall if there is in football. So um I go i I will spend a lot more time in the woods probably is the answer to that. but um yeah, so i'm I'm looking forward to to the season and I really, really hope that they figure out a way. Um, to play it, and I, at least in some capacity, and I think they will. Like Dustin said, there's so much money to to that's involved in in that in the National Football League with the TV contracts, whether they're getting gate sales or not. Um, you know the the TV contracts are where are worth so much money. You know that they're gonna try to figure something out. Yeah,
2: and to to piggyback off of what Rocky said, if you guys reach out to. Robert on on Twitter. He said he'll send the document to everybody. And it's it's fantastic. Um, honestly, if it's probably something I will emulate because it's I think it's great how it is, it has awesome plans in it. Um, so reach out to at Robert Block07. Um, if you guys want to ask him about the document, the questions. Um, your league should have bylaws in it. I know this isn't part of the show doc, but if you're this is just an addendum to that, but you should really be in leagues that have bylaws. So when things like this come up, there's it's documented already for you.
1: Yeah, and the one other thing I thought he had, in there was really good is if, uh, cause I, I kind of mentioned this too, that if there was more than half a season, we'd probably just proceed, especially if it went to the end, if they played like say 10 games and then playoffs, that there would be a champion. And he even has it that if um, there's a half a season or less, of maybe using all play as a way to crown a champion. What do you guys think of that? If say we only have like seven games, should there be a champion or is that a good way to do it? Or what do you think? Fantasy champion.
2: If there's seven games, that's more than half of a season. I I can see where the all play comes into comes in. You're not going to have enough record. You're going to have some like three and four teams and four and three. You're not going to really have much of a, I just, I think it's if, if there's anything that isn't, is right around half of a season or less and No. 7s right on that, that edge. I'm just probably going to roll over into the next year. I just, if we're not going into, and this is probably where, you know, as a commissioner, I need to have these plans in place before, but if this isn't communicated, I don't think you can then switch to that midseason when the, if the season gets canceled. So, you know, if you are a commissioner, get this, it's something you need to start thinking about and having plans for. But I'm the type I if if we're not close to a full season, you know, 9 10 plus games, I'm probably just going to roll it over to the next year and just keep those those uh the everyone's league fees in there and and go into the next season personally.
1: Yeah, and that's basically what I have set up as well. See, roll it over if anyone wants to leave or request a refund, they can get it, but otherwise we just roll it to 2021.
0: Yeah, I, I think the one thing that I would say is if you're going to crown a champion and the season is a shortened season, especially significantly shortened. I mean, if they shorten it by three games or four games or something, that's that's enough. I think there's, there's still enough games there to kind of have a normal season um, from a fantasy perspective. But You know, if it ends up being six or seven games that you have to play with, I like the idea of rolling it over. Or if you do decide to crown a champion, I think you have to you have to do something with the payouts that that reflects that. You know what I mean? Like I I don't think a a a six game you, you win a six game fantasy season and now you get the same payout you would have gotten as as you know playing a regular 13 games plus three rounds of playoffs. So, um, you know, maybe you adjust the the prize pool a little bit and carry a little bit of the money forward. That is um,
1: actually what this guy did too. He um, If there was a significantly shortened season, I think he had a certain amount going to most points, mm-hmm. a certain amount going to all play, and like 50% rolling over to 2021. Yeah. So that, that makes a lot of sense.
2: I like that. I think, you know, being – everyone's just going to have to be flexible there's going to be some leagues that this works with and some that don't. Um, You know, I'm in some leagues where, you know, I'm, this isn't going to fly. They're going to want a full season or no season. And I I know some that are going to have some flexibility and and still some seasons better than no season. So, you know, everyone out there knows their leagues and they're going to be able to make that, that right call. But I think, it is probably getting towards the time to start making those contingency plans and just having something documented now and be proactive about it instead of being reactive. You know, your league mates will appreciate you if you're, if you're being proactive on trying to, you know, plan, plan ahead for the future.
1: Right. Definitely. Um, And the only other thing with the Karuna thing was the, which I've definitely heard come up elsewhere, the possible supplemental draft issue where guys like atn and hubbard may go into the supplemental draft. i actually don't think this is very likely i mean it would mean that the and the college season would have to have been canceled um i think by july the supplemental draft is and i i don't think that's probably going to happen even if they do cancel i'm not sure they'll announce it in july so i don't see this being a mass exodus but do you think that this could be an issue and how would we handle it if multiple guys come in to the league through the supplemental draft instead of uh waiting till 2021
2: i think we may see some come in but if anyone that's projected to be you know first round talent lottery pick or anything like that it, it would make sense for them to come in now because you know what they get through a supplemental draft isn't going to be you know any guarantee really any guarantees like they would get in the normal draft Right. Um,
1: yeah. I was going to say the other thing is, too, yeah, is that if an ATN or a Hubbard or anybody comes in, I mean, you know, 20 of whatever running backs have already been drafted going to teams. I, I don't even know where they would they would end up that they would even have a good I don't know that it makes sense for them.
2: What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I mean,
0: I I, I kind of agree, Rock. I don't think it really makes a whole lot of sense financially or opportunity-wise, you know, and unless they're okay sitting on a bench collecting a paycheck, which is fine. I mean, if they're, if that's what they want, they could probably, I mean, they make a crap ton of money doing that, but I don't think it's what some of those, you know, the, especially the elite talent. Uh, I don't think you're going to see a lot of the elite talent come in um, unless the NFL does something where they allow teams to be able to compensate these guys differently. And I don't see, I mean, we're, we're, two months away. So I don't see them being able to develop that system and make it work by then. Um, I, 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 again, as a fan uh, I, I just am proceeding uh, with, with optimism that there's going to be football in some form. It may be a little bit different, but it's going to be a lot more similar to what we're used to from a college and, and an NFL perspective. Um, you know, maybe they only play a nine game season uh, and only in conference in college football this year or something like that. Um, you know, I, I could see something like that, but I, again, it's so much money when look as it's, it's much as, as much as we, and, and, and not to get like off, off of football talk, talk essentially, but as it, much as we might try to ignore it, the money matters. I mean, the money drives things. So if there is so much money to be made, there's going to be there's, they are going to do absolutely everything possible. They're going to exhaust every possible option to make things happen so that they can recoup some, if not all of the money that is on the table for these big organizations
2: um, to collect. Yeah. There's just as much money in college football as there is in the NFL. Yeah, So there's, they're going to find a way to to get the games. And, you know, I'm going to go back to what was happening at the NBA right at the beginning. You know, all the teams are going to get their own tests. They're going to test everyone before the games and play with no fans. Like, re- realistically, that's probably what we'll see. Yeah. Is everyone has to take a test before the game, pass the test, you can play. You don't, yeah. obviously, you know. You're out. But, yeah, I think that's what we'll see. Uh, there was a lot of, I know at the beginning, a lot of hate flying around that. NBA players were getting priority testing and, and, and things like that. But I, I think we'll probably see the same thing happen in both NFL and college. There's just too much money in both. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree with both. Yeah, as a dynasty owner, I've basically been making moves and proceeding as if everything's going to – the season's going to be played. It might not be like normal, but the season's going to be played. I, as a commissioner, Dustin will tell you I like to be over-prepared. I'm a little over-prepared when it comes to the show, but um, – I definitely think as, as an owner, I'm just looking at it as the things are going to be, there's going to be a season. Um, I'm not changing anything what I'm doing. And uh, yeah, so basically I think it's good to kind of have a plan, but I I don't think it's going to be something where we have no season. So I guess that finishes up our commissioner portion. So we'll get into our dynasty strategy segment of the show. Dynasty strategy. First, we basically, it's we did talk about the draft last week. We're going to talk a little more this week. Um, we're going to get into some of the veterans and how they may have been impacted by the draft. Uh, but first, I thought it'd be fun to just uh, go around with the three of us. We're in so many leagues uh, total between the three of us. Um, so we get shares of a lot of different rookies. And I th- asked Dustin and Brian and myself, obviously, to come up with one uh, first-round rookie that you have no shares of through, and i'm sure we've all completed a bunch of rookie drafts so far and uh, maybe why you think you might have no shares of that guy so i'm interested to
2: see, I'm, I'm interested to see your name um your player up there but yeah i could definitely go first um so mine was cam Akers. um it wasn't necessary that i don't like cam Akers. i don't love the spot i that offensive line. I know everyone's been beating the offensive line to, to, to death right now, but I, with with acres, I have him right outside of, you know, a top tier. And if I'm getting to the beginning of that tier, I think that next tier is probably about five or six players long. So if I'm that first pick in the next tier and someone's looking to move up, I'm, I'm looking to, to, to move back to the end of the tier and pick up some future assets or some later picks. Um, I, in, this year's draft I'd like to be at the beginning of the first or more towards the end of the first or even early second. Um, that just I think in a super flex league, once you get past seven, eight, it's really a, a preference of who you like. So that's why that's why I don't have any shares of cam makers. It's not really because of the landing spot. I mean, I don't love the Rams at landing spot. I just when I get to that range, I'm moving back to just pick up pick up more assets i
1: i hear you there i, I like acres but there's definitely concerns there the Ramzo line and and just you know what he's going to be able to do henderson you know i don't expect him to be too much of a threat but th- there could be a little bit of a time share there so uh, i can hear that as well um i'll, I'll give you my guy now which was uh, clyde edwards hilaire um not that i don't like clyde um but and obviously a guy up that that's going that high um, you know, there's obviously it's, you're not going to be able to get him in every league, but I have definitely probably had six or seven leagues at least where I had a top three, four, five pick. Um, and basically, I just he was my number five guy before the draft. I, I did elevate him up. Um, you have to because of the landing spot and the draft capital. Landing spot's most important for running backs than anybody else. He's definitely a really good player. He's, you know, dynamic in open space. He has that spin move he does that, that, that's just great. Um, but I, I don't love him as a runner. Damian Williams is, you know, like in between the tackles. Damian Williams is still there. I'm not a huge Damian Williams guy, but I don't think it's just going to be the Clyde show. And I just, where I did have a high pick, i just i i'm mostly playing in super flex leagues i, I wanted burrow more i wanted taylor more i, I love taylor the athleticism the ability to break tackles um he also had a great landing spot from maybe the best offensive line in the league so i always had taylor or burrow above him and i if i had a top two pick i was usually picking one of them and if i was th- four three four five either would go before me or i just am not compelled to trade up for ever to i guess i maybe i'm wrong i i know in ppr he could be huge but i just he was a clear number five for me and i just i i can't i can't elevate him too much just because of the landing spot what do you guys think
0: yeah. So, so uh when I read the question rock on, on the show sheet, that's immediately Edward Solaire was immediately the guy that I thought of too. And then I saw that you chose him. So um I went ahead and, and picked my guy who we'll get into in just a minute, but um I'm with you. I, I don't have any shares of Edward Solaire. And it's very simple for me. I'm either not in position to get him, or if I am in position, typically he's been going. So, so I'm not in position to get him. And if he, Hey, whoo, it's been a long day. I will take Jonathan Taylor over him every time. So I'm, I'm I'm like you. I'm taking those quarterbacks with the first two picks. I mean, if I'm in 101 or 102, I'm taking one of those quarterbacks. I don't care what my team situation is like. I don't care if I need running back help. I'm taking a quarterback at Superflex league um, and I'll trade them after if I need to. Or I'm trading out and usually trading out doesn't allow you to drop to three where you need to be in most of the leagues that I've seen. I mean, Taylor Taylor and Taylor. And and Edwards Hilaire are three, four in most leagues that I've seen. That's not my three, four. I mean, if we're talking the running backs, I think Edwards Hilaire for me would probably be the third running back. Um, And that would be behind Jonathan Taylor and JK Dobbins. I'm a huge JK Dobbins guy. Um, But, but I also understand the arguments for Edwards Hilaire, you know, but, but you, you nailed it on the head. I mean, I'm just, I'm taking quarterbacks and if I'm not taking quarter, you know, if, if, if I'm not if I'm later, then Edward Solaire's gone. I mean, he's he's usually gone by the time I, I get around to picking. So yeah, you nailed that one on the head.
1: Yeah, the yep. choice between two and Edward Solaire is a little bit closer to me. I still think I'd go to I never actually had to make that choice, I don't think, in any league um where I had a high pick, but I think I'd still lean two of there also. Yeah, so- I did have a
2: league where I had one on one and one oh two, and I already had Dak and Teddy in a super flex and just to throw the league off, I actually went Taylor and Edwards Hilaire one and two because I had six where I was able to actually get Tua. So it like everyone panicked and it like, like it was, it was really interesting. Once I did that, you see three and four both say, oh, picks on the block. Like they like, we're like, I'm done. But it allowed me to be able to still pick up Tua at I think five or six and leave with both the running backs. And so that was fun. But yeah, I agree. Uh, Burrow and Tua should be top two picks in, in the draft.
1: So, Brian, you want to give your guy?
2: Yeah. So, the
0: guy I have, so yes, the guy I have is Henry Ruggs. Um, so, here's the good news Henry Ruggs, I just looked at DLF's uh, Superflex ADP, and Henry Ruggs is not going in the first round, which is excellent. <laughs> that, is, that is excellent. He's a guy I've seen go in the first round of drafts. And he um,
1: actually was in the mocks I did that, that we talked about on the last episode. He actually just snuck into the first round at 112. So he's right on that borderline there.
0: Yeah. See, and for me, I just would uh, – I'm not willing to take him there. I mean, I like that whole group. There's a whole group of those receivers, right? And it starts typically with Jerry Judy. I mean, CD Lamb, and then, of course, is the, is the first guy typically – then then you get the judy rugs jefferson t higgins i'm forgetting rager. rager yes so and and i would rather have all those guys before before rugs uh, pitman even i mean i i would probably take Pittman before rugs um i know the draft capital is there and that's the one thing that is that kind of still keeps rugs i think up you know with that that and the speed of course but they drafted three wide receivers. This is like Arizona last year. Like, who the hell's gonna be the guy? Like, is it gonna be is it gonna be um rugs? Is it gonna be Brian Edwards? Is it gonna be Lynn Bowden? I mean, I know he's I know MFL has him as a running back, but I think he's gonna be catching passes. Um, so you know, I, I just I don't know. Tyrell still there, you know. I, I just don't I'm not sure. I I don't I, I'm not confident in Raiders wide receivers. Um, I don't like who's throwing them the football, you know, so I, I just am not – I'm not in on rugs at his price. If he falls, he falls at a 204, 205, yeah, I'll take him there, but I, I'm not taking him in the first round.
1: Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. It's funny, too, that you said the CEH was your other guy because I looked, and from my mock ADP on the mocks that we talked about last episode, the only two guys I don't have from the first round ADP are – Clyde Eberts Hilaire, and Ruggs. So, you know, the lack of a breakout age. I'm not super into analytics, but that that I thought was a a red flag. And just these, I know everyone says he's more than just speed, but the super speed guys tend to scare me. Uh, For every Tyreek Hill, there's a John Ross. There's 10 John Rosses. There's a Darius Hayward Bay, Marquise Goodwin. I just, I'm completely, I mean, like, anyway, yeah, I have no shares of rugs, and I'm not really interested unless, like you said, he falls to mid-second round, and that almost never happens. Right. All right. So, that's, yeah, that's all three of our guys. So, we'll get into the next portion here, which was the draft fallout for veteran players, basically, guys who may have, stock may have gone up or down, um, based on what their teams did or did not do in the draft, we each decided to pick one riser and one faller. So um, I'll let Dustin go first again. So, what do you? Wh- who was your riser? See, I
2: tried to I try to do something different for my followers than you two. You yeah, you guys took the two easy ones, the easy way out. Um, no, but for real, um, my my riser I think was Devonte Parker. We saw what he did last year. Miami didn't really add any weapons um, at the receiver position or really the running back position. We can argue Breida or, or whatever. But, you know, we can argue Parker's getting a better quarterback into it whenever he takes the field. They're getting a better – they they drafted a couple offensive linemen this year. They're going to get a better offensive line that's going to give more time for place to develop. So I think it's just really – the it's trending up for for parker uh, i sold uh, one share that i had of him just because i was like oh i'm gonna sell him high and now i'm i'm kind of regretting selling him just because i think it's pointing up for him uh, my follower was was ty hilton and this was a little bit before the draft as well um i just don't know if him and rivers are ever going to really connect We're not really going to get much off season we saw what rivers did last year and they went and they got Pittman. They saw Paris Campbell. They went got Jonathan Taylor. I, I don't know that Hilton's really going to be the Hilton of old. He's an older he's an older player as it is, and they went out and got new weapons that I don't know he's going to fit part of that team anymore.
1: Yeah, regarding Parker, I I mean I agree with everything you said. He just he still scares me a little with the the you know you don't see a lot of guys that break out in year five or later. Um, You have your, you know, Kenny Britz, I think uh, Brandon Lloyd, maybe there's no reason he shouldn't succeed again this year, though. I mean, him and Preston Williams, both. I mean, they didn't draft anybody to significantly threaten either of them. They don't have a significant running game. He just scares me.
0: Yeah, I and I would agree. I mean, I, I think so. I think, D- Dustin, you're right. I mean, I think he benefits from this. Tua, the Tua thing is, you know, I don't know when he's going to start. I'm not sure he's even going to start this season, depending on how things are going, right? Because they're still not – I mean, they're not going to be competitive from a playoff standpoint, right? So let Ryan Fitzpatrick in there. Let him keep playing maybe get to it in towards the end of the season after that offensive line has had an opportunity to gel some after he's learned the offense and watched and healed and continue to heal um because that's i mean that's the big thing is is his health um so but but Fitzpatrick has has been fine there i mean he's been fine everywhere he's gone he's been good from a fantasy perspective um and and you know, I think this team's gonna be behind a lot again. So they're gonna be throwing the football. Uh and Parker is the best wide receiver on that team. Maybe, I mean, Preston Williams is interesting as well. Um, but but yeah, I, I think I think that offense as a whole is looking up a little bit. Uh and and Parker is certainly, you know, one of one of those pieces. Um, I, I agree with Rock in the sense that I am still a little bit concerned. Uh just it was the fifth year breakout, right? I mean, so who's the real Devontae Parker, and we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out because he's gonna have the opportunity again this year. And uh, if he puts up numbers like he did last year, then you know, then maybe the conversation starts to shift for the doubters
2: uh, as well. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but you know, we talked about everyone else leaving Adam Gase, Adam Gase, and and performing, and Parker was no exception. You know, that's just my. I don't know that it was really him. I think it was. I mean, I I'll put some of the blame on him, but you know we've seen so many players be productive after getting out of his system. Right.
1: Okay. And for my riser and faller, as Dustin said, I kind of went obvious with the faller in Aaron Rodgers. So he, you know, the draft, they 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 trade up to draft a quarterback in the first round, and in the second round. They, they draft another running back that they don't really need. And they go the entire draft without drafting a wide receiver. So the, the entire draft was basically a big FU to Aaron Rodgers. And a lot of people just on the name are still treating him as a, as a QB one. So if you can get, I would, I'd be looking to sell him if you could still get that value for him. Some people are going to see what happened in the draft and, and not want to pay that price for him. But um, I, I, I just, he's a 30, you know, he's 36 years old now. I think, Most people other than John Ho, can see he's not the same Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Shots Uh, fired. (laughs) (laughs) But so, yeah, he's definitely this draft was not not obviously not good for Aaron Rodgers. And uh, I tried to go a little less obvious with my riser, which was um, not a guy who's going to win you a championship or anything. But I went with Marvin Jones, Um, the Detroit Lions. They didn't really draft any significant receiver in a deep receiver draft. They did draft Cephas in the fifth round, but I, I don't think he's going to impact uh, any of the starters this year. And uh, just a little tidbit, last year um, in the games he played with Stafford, Marvin Jones was wide receiver 14 through week nine. He, he can definitely still produce. He's he's, he's aging, but he's, he's not old. He's 30. Um, he's definitely a guy you just want, you know, if you're a contender, he's only got maybe one or two-year value, probably just this year. But he's a nice wide receiver three uh, who has wide, high wide receiver two upside. Um, and and the draft didn't hurt him at all. Swift, maybe a little, you know, he could get involved in the passing game. Carry on can catch passes a little. But uh, I like Jones as a sort of by low piece that uh, for a contender. You, I mean, you might be get, able to get him as low as a, a third, a twenty one third of people who already have their drafts. Are so you going I think you can almost certainly get them, uh for 20, 20 third with the way people are valuing you know, the picks this year because of how good the draft is.
2: Yeah. I'm going to event a little bit before Brian goes. I don't understand what Marvin Jones has to do to get respect. He is criminally underrated every, every year. Every year. Yep. yep. I don't understand it. I had a rebuild. The, the one that the diagnostic uh, guys are talking about. And I had Marvin Jones and people were offering me fourths saying they had no interest in, in Marvin. Jones. And I, I just don't get it. he puts, points up every year he's very consistent he's a put him in your flex your wide receiver three it's just it just really i I never understood it it's just something i wanted to get off my chest like i love marvin jones i love picking up marvin jones i would give up a late 20 i'd give up a mid to late 21 second right now easily to buy him he's just a great player and he helps out your team i don't understand why nobody wants him i saw him going like the 18th round of a startup
0: yeah so I, I Dustin I agree 100. I mean Jones is absolutely criminally undervalued every single year. Um, and and the consistency is such a huge plus with him too. So um, so I 100% agree. I'm not gonna uh, keep going on that uh, other than again to say that I 100% agree with that. Um, I'll, I'll speak to the to the faller here uh, in in Aaron Rodgers. And I'm gonna speak more, and, and this will transition into my uh, one of my guys, uh, my faller as well. I feel sorry for Aaron Rodgers. And I, look, I, I know that he's not a guy that I mean that that probably is like what like somebody feels sorry for Aaron Rodgers because you know he's he's pretty confident about himself, uh, to say the least, and uh, isn't afraid to to let people know that. But this guy, when it comes to I mean, can you imagine? I mean, they didn't draft a receiver. Like, how can you not? They, they've they been looking for a wide receiver, too, since Jordy Nelson retired. And it's just, it's just, I don't know how you don't surround him. And, and obviously, look, I mean, Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in the game. So, yes, obviously, you know, he he has Devontae Adams. Before that, you know, it was, the, the thing is, before that, it was Jordy and Cobb, and they won a Super Bowl against the Steelers, right? So, the formula's there. <laughs> Get the man another receiver for crying out loud. Like, what are you doing? What are the Packers doing? I have no idea. You know, for, for an organization who historically has a very good reputation, at least, at least for me. And I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm on my own in, in that regard. But I view the Packers as one of those stable franchises that's always gonna be somewhat competitive. You know, ever since I got, I mean, I mean, Brett Favre, they were competitive his whole career. Aaron Rodgers steps in, they don't miss a beat. And, and they've been competitive ever since. So to me, the Packers are always a, they're a good team. They're a good drafting team. Um, you know, they keep their guys built similarly to the Steelers, right? So draft well, sign your own guys. That's, you know, not making a lot of big free agent splashes, you know, so, but, but the last. Five years what are you doing like just the the decision-making process of the front office in Green Bay I don't understand whatsoever um so so yes Aaron Rodgers is absolutely falling and 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 yes it's a little bit about him and his his play and his health and his age and all of the above but a lot of it is that front office and not I just don't understand what they're doing and that will lead into my faller and this is another I don't know what the hell they're doing my faller is Aaron Jones and I don't know what Aaron Jones has to do to to get the respect that he deserves from the front office in Green Bay I mean the guy was all otherworldly last year just put up crazy numbers and yes the touchdowns were a big part of that which another reason he's a faller is because they just brought in a 290 pound running back in AJ Dillon. That doesn't, that is a Mack truck. He's not 290, I I know, but he's a big dude. He's going to get some goal line carries and score some touchdowns this year. So Aaron, Aaron Jones is, you know, he had 19 last year. I think he goes down to maybe 10, nine, 10, if he's lucky. And, and that will significantly cut his fantasy scoring. Um, and and you know if if Dylan takes away rushing opportunities and does well, I mean they've been trying to not they they've been trying again. The Packers just piss me off. It's almost like they're trying not to succeed. It, it's seriously because Aaron Jones has been the best running back there for the last three years, and last year was the first year he really got the opportunity to handle the load. And what did he do? He was a monster. So I, I just don't under I, I just don't understand. You know. Use your hell. You're a hall of fame quarterback told you two years ago that Aaron Jones was your best running back and you still didn't play him. So like what's happening with the Packers? I just don't get it. So, so Aaron Jones is my, and yes, it is an easy one. Dustin, you are correct. It's a very easy one to, to but, but I wanted to talk about the Packers and, and see Rocky's guy just led right into that. So that was perfect.
2: Um, I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to poke the bear a little bit all day. <sighs> you're doing a little job. more later <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna make a stand
0: later but we'll get to that my risers are uh darius slayton and sterling shepherd of the new york giants and look the giants didn't draft a wide receiver they didn't draft a pass catcher in this draft uh, w- which i think they probably should have especially you know some of the middle round picks, I think there were some guys there that could have provided some some help in that regard. Um, so, so Slayton and Shepard are going to have an opportunity again this year with an improving Danny Dimes. Um, yes, Evan Ingram is still there, and yes, from a non Saquon Barkley perspective, he is probably their number one pass catcher. Um, but these receivers are going to get work. I mean, they're going to get work, and Danny Dimes is a is ooh to catch myself he's a, good court, he's a good quarterback he's from a fantasy perspective at least so um you know i think that that shep who has been pretty good over his career as well a little bit inconsistent struggles with injuries of course um but i think he's shown some talent and then of course darius slayton last year had a had a a really good season uh, as a young guy so i'm excited to see what these receivers do and what should be an improved offense um with, with
2: offensive line help which they got yeah. in this draft. Yeah. I, I was completely against Slayton all off season. I, I didn't think that he was really going to be the guy. I thought he was just there as a necessity that they were going to add receivers that didn't happen. Like, so I, I can see a path to Slayton being relevant and I'm willing to admit I was wrong. I, but I, I've turned him down so many times this offseason season because I just didn't believe, but you're right. His, they didn't add any weapons, and his path is clear.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I agree I, almost exactly what Dustin said. I I was not really a Slayton guy. I'm I'm still not sure I am a Slayton guy, but the, the opportunities there for him and Shepard, you know, Tate's you know, Tate's still there, but older and. Um, like you said, J- Jones, I think, is a better quarterback than people give him credit for. Everyone hated on him last year because of how high they picked him. Um, but he, I was just looking it up, he had 24 touchdowns last year. And I, I, I'm not sure the exact number of games. I don't have it here, but he did not play the full season. So um, 24 in like 8, 10, 12, 12. games, whatever, 12. Okay. Yeah. Even in 12 games is, is that comes close to 30 if you prorate it over the season. So I definitely agree. Uh, Both guys, I kind of even almost like Shepard more because you can get him cheaper. But uh, I think because everyone, there are people that are, you know, Slayton's got some hype behind him where nobody gives a crap about Shepard basically. So I guess that finishes off all of them. It's time for Find Me a Trade. Find me a trade! Before we get to uh, the trades, I just want I got a little feedback. Get a little more explanation on this, just to let people know we are looking. The first episode since we didn't, you know, have any listeners, um, we I did just have uh, somebody give me a roster and we worked off of it. But we do want people to send trade, you know, potential leagues that we can do trades for you in. So you can you can send that to me or Dustin and our Twitter handles, which we'll we'll give at the end of the show. The at dynasty junkies pod Twitter handle. Um, we also have an email, uh, which I believe is dynasty junkies at gmail.com. Is that right, Dustin?
2: Dynasty junkies pod at gmail.com. Uh, sorry,
1: dynasty junkies pod at gmail.com. Um, and even if uh, you know, ideally we're looking to find people trades that one trades found for them, but even if you're just looking, you know, even if you're an experienced dynasty player, you don't think you need someone to find a trade for you. It never hurts to have. Uh, Another experienced set of eyes, take a look at your roster and maybe see something different than what you're seeing. So send them on in. I did tweet out and we got some submissions this week. And um, actually last week, we're doing it a little differently than we did last week. I'm not sure which format we'll go with going forward. But last week, we took one roster and found three trades for that roster. This week, we have three rosters. And um, we're gonna find three. Each of us is gonna find a trade for three different teams. Three, you know, three guys that submitted their their leagues to us. Um, let Brian go first, but uh, before I, I don't want to make him have to spit out all the info, so I'll do that for him, and then he can talk about the trade he came up with. His l- guy that he's finding a trade for it, it's a, it's actually funny too because this this pot in general is going to be more super flex oriented, but we have two different one QB. One QB leagues with kickers and defenses, which you don't see a lot of. But um, his is a 10-team, one QB, PPR, no tight end premium, start nine. Um, It's QB, one running back, two wide receivers, tight end, two flex, and then the kicker and the defense. His team um, was an orphan takeover. They do have some nice pieces. They said they were looking to make a push this year. Not that it matters that much. They have a bunch of decent QBs, um, even though it's one QB, Baker, Drew, Breeze. Josh Allen, he's got Zeke and Mixon, he's got Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, so he's he's got guys at every position basically. The only one he's a little light at is tight end, um, but he does have Jack Doyle and Hunter Henry. So um, I'll let Brian go now, and he can uh, tell you about his trade and how he came up with that trade.
0: Yeah. So first and foremost, um, this this particular roster, you know, this was an orphan. I, I and I mean pretty nice orphan takeover to be honest. I mean he's in a position right off the bat I think to be able to um compete in in this league. You know, quarterback position is set. He's got three starters uh that he can play matchups. Um you know, running backs, he's got he's got Zeke and he's got Joe Mixon, but he also has Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Um that was on the taxi squad i see moved him up uh, since i looked at this last you know and then at the wide receiver position i mean will fuller tyreek hill cooper cup anthony miller jalen rager you know so some pieces there uh and then yeah tight ends a little bit weak hunter henry he's got hawkinson as well gerald everett jack doyle um so some pieces there but not a lot of production yet um out of out of that group outside of henry uh, and Doyle, to an extent. Um, uh, Jonu Smith's there, too. So tight end's not terrible from a prospect point of view, but you know from an actual fantasy-producing point of view, maybe a little bit weak there. Um. So so here's the thing that I see immediately when I look at this roster. It's There's a lot of risk. There's a lot of elite talent that is very risky. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Tyreek Hill, Joe Mixon. I mean, those three players are all top 15 dynasty assets probably in most leagues top 20 maybe uh you know we're, if we were talking about super flex um but from a you know from a 10 team one QB league i mean these are these are first round to early second round assets but they're all risky they all, all they all come with some risk involved they all have have had off the field stuff um joe mixon now has a contract issue and is threatening to hold out uh so so for me When I was looking at trades, so one thing that I I always say, and you've heard it on the Trade Addicts podcast if you listen to our show, but in order to get good assets, you have to trade good assets. So I looked at this team, I looked at the assets available, and I said, I want to mitigate some risk. Okay. So what I did was I sent, or or I suggest sending Tyreek Hill and Joe Mixon, both. And in return... Uh, I would ask this particular team for Miles Sanders, DJ Moore and Evan Ingram. Um, and and for me, what this does is it mitigates risk. I mean, you have two young assets in Sanders and DJ Moore, whose values are rising significantly draft season. Also, I think helped both of those guys, free agency and draft season helped both of those guys. I mean, obviously um, you know, you have Teddy going in uh, uh, at quarterback for Carolina instead of Kyle Allen. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a uh, DJ Moore is the type of receiver that will succeed with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, a lot of after the catch stuff, uh, Chris route running those types of things. So, and then Miles Sanders. I, I have I, ooh. Rocky. I will be excited to hear what you have to say about Miles Sanders uh, in a minute. But Jordan Howard leaves, and. Their riding back signing is to sign Corey Clement to another year. So, and of course, Boston Scott's there, and we'll talk about him, I'm sure. But I'm really excited about Miles Sanders. 50 balls kept caught last year, um, 74%, I think, catch percentage. Um, I think he's 179 carries, around 870 yards, something like that. So, 1,300 yards of total offense in his rookie season in a timeshare. And now Jordan Howard's gone, and they didn't bring anybody in. Yes, Boston Scott is going to get some of that work, but Miles Sanders is also going to get a lot of that work. I'm really excited about Miles Sanders this year. And look, this kid, yes, he's a Penn State player. I will get that out there. Um, But my excitement about him has nothing to do with that, honestly. It, it, It more has to do with the fact that this kid, and this is a special athlete, a really special athlete, and a guy who is in the shadows of Saquon Barkley, right? He only had one year here at Penn State where he was able to play because (laughs) the greatest running back to ever come through the program played in front of him. So, you know, and then he comes into the National Football League. And again, Saquon comes out the year before, wins the rookie of the year, is the face of the NFL in, in in many people's opinion, mine included. Don't argue with me. Uh, Um, and, and, you know, and here's Miles Sanders who puts up an unbelievable rookie season, an unbelievable rookie season for a running back and nobody's talking about it now he's moving up so people won't notice, but they don't talk about it. So getting these two young assets that are ascending okay and and look again you got to give good players to get good players Tyreek Hill and Joe Mixon are great players but they have significantly more risk attached to them in my opinion than Miles Sanders and DJ Moore throw in Evan Ingram to solidify your tight end room a young number one pass catcher in his offense and to me this trade makes a lot of sense
1: yeah I, I I love this trade uh you kind of just filled this tree with guys I love. I, I'm the biggest DJ Moore fan out there. Uh, everything we said about Shepard and uh, Slayton earlier applies to Ingram, too. The only issue with him has ever been health. Right. Um, but he, he, he can be a beast when he's on the field. Um, like you said, Miles Sanders, I've I've been worried all offseason. I I was sure they were going to bring somebody else in because we all know Doug Peterson likes to, likes to rotate backs – but I said this going back last year when Sanders was drafted that part of that was, he's never had a Miles Sanders. Uh, you know, they brought in guys with names, you know, they had Ryan Matthews when he was still semi good and they brought in Demarco Murray after his big season, but they, th- those guys didn't play that well. And um, I just think, like you said, Miles Sanders, the sky's the limit. Um, I, the, like you said, they didn't bring anybody else in. Uh, they didn't draft anybody. To, they, they did bring in Michael Warren as an undrafted free agent, but uh, I don't see him, you know, even if he makes the team, he's not going to cut into that workload too much. So, uh, and, you know, you're giving up. I love Mixon, but uh, like you said, Tyreek is a major risk. Um, and I love all three pieces coming back. So I think this is a great, great one that you came up with.
2: Yeah, I don't really have anything to add. Uh, I agree with both of you guys. Um, I love. The Sanders Moore and Ingram side. I would potentially even drop Ingram off of it if I had to to get the deal done because I like Sanders and DJ Moore more than the other side. But that's that's a whole other topic. And D- and DLF trade analyzer
0: had it being like very, very close from a value standpoint. I think the the Sanders side uh was one uh, fifteen twenty-eight and the the hillside going out was 1523 so that's i mean within 5 points on on that calc uh is is pretty you know yeah. all the things that are included in that from a all the calculations and stuff that's way above my head but um those algorithms and stuff they all when you can get it that close on that particular calculator that's that's usually a pretty a pretty good indication that you're somewhere in the ballpark in terms of value so
1: yeah and i th- i think i would need the ingram in there though i i if you take out the risk just as players i like tyree Hill as much if not more than dj Moore. even though i love dj and and i just think mixon's gonna explode next year um with burrow at quarterback and and more weapons even around them now and improved offensive line so i do like him even a little more than miles but uh with the ingram in there i think it's a great trade
2: all right so i'll jump into my roster now so this is uh noah balwig um at kots fantasy sent us his league to try to find him a trade his is a 12 team one qb ppr no tight end premium start 8 20 man, 27 main roster um you start one qb one wide running back one wide receiver a tight end two flex a kicker and a defense he describes it as a middling team and he's open to anything so as i'm looking through his team um i definitely agree with it being middling and, and not a strong contender with a start eight but if you look at it really a start six on offense because you have the kicker in the defense you want studs on your team um depth isn't as important especially starting one of each and just the two flex um he i think he needs it to, to retool um His quarterbacks are fine. He's got Stafford and Fitzpatrick and Trubisky. I mean, he'll need a backup potentially for Stafford. I'm not too worried about it in a one quarterback league. Um, His running backs, he only really has two players that he can put into the starting lineup, and that's David Montgomery and Devin Singletary. You know, neither of them really a a top 12 guy there um, in a a 12-team league. So, you know, you don't have your stud there at, at running back. Wide here is a little better um, in Michael Gallup, T.Y. Hilton, Tate, Sammy Watkins, and Robert Woods, but again, you're you're really lacking that stud there that's going to set you over the top, and and same thing at tight end. He's um, got Disley, uh, Darren Fells, Higby, and Witten. Um, not really anybody there that I'm excited about. Uh, Higby came on at the end of last year, but I don't. I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that going forward. So, in the draft, he's he has. 103, um, 112, 210, 212, and 307. Um, so he can get some pieces there, um, but he's not going to get those studs that is going to um, make him a contender in year one and, and probably not even year two. So I, I think he needs to go best player available, build around wide receiver. So my trade was him giving Devin Singletary and T.Y. Hilton and receiving 1.08 and a 2021 20, second. Now on the, um, the trade analyzer, it actually has the Devin Singletary and T.Y. Hilton side as a 502 and the 108 in 2021 second um for 367. So in the eyes of the trade analyzer, you're giving up more value. But if um up above in the show, you know, I talked about how TY Hilton was one of my followers this year. You know, the analyzer may have him worth more than a 2021 20, second. I'm not seeing it in any of my leagues. I have not seen him. I have a league that I'm rebuilding that I have him in and nobody has any interest in in buying T Y Hilton from me. Um, so I'm willing to sell him for that, uh, 21 seconds. And, you know, I still think there's some good news that have come out the last couple of days on Devin Singletary, um, and that they drafted Zach Moss to just be more of a compliment and not really take Singletary's spot. So I would use that to try to, um, sell, um, him and Hilton just to get those picks. And then during the draft, just constantly look to trade back and try to get as many 2021 picks as you can. Just add it onto your your um, trade backs. So I had trading your 103 back to 106 and picking up a 2021 first and continuing to move that back and just kicking that down and you know, you want to get in the position where you own the draft next year, and then use those first to buy your studs next year when people go draft crazy, and then you're in a good spot. But this roster right now, with the starting requirements, isn't in a opportunity to really compete um, for a couple years right now.
1: Yeah, I agree with everything you just said, um, and specifically to the trade, like you said, Ty Hilton is is a hard sell right now, um, even if the analyzer has him more. I would. Gladly take that 21 20 21 second. There's a lot of Singletary truthers out there. I, I don't know that Moss, the Moss draft pick, if you super believed in Singletary before this, that that's going to affect you that much. Um, and I, if you can get 108 for him though, I would do that. I, I wasn't, I always thought they were going to bring somebody in and, and Moss, uh, probably will take goal line carries, um, be in that core role from last year. So, uh, I think it's a, a good deal, even though the value on the DLF uh, analyzer says otherwise. Unless any, either you want to chime in with anything else, so I'll get into my trade. I'm not yeah. ready for yours, raw. <laughs> oh, no, he, he
2: can go because we'll both tear him apart on this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Myan Oh, I also wanted to mention because Dustin had, um, you know, said the name of the person that gave the last one. Uh, I just I meant to mention this at the top, just that. Um, it it had come up um, that maybe people you know, especially if we start getting some more listeners, you might be worried that your league may might be listening. If you want to submit us a find a trade, do not have to say your name on the show. So uh, I just wanted to make that clear too. It can be anonymous. Uh, as two of these three, we're not saying they're you know who they are because they requested we didn't. So anyway, my trade: twelve team super flex PPR uh, start ten. It's QB two RBs three wide receivers tight end super flex. And two flexes. Uh, the guy said he's a mid-rebuild of an orphan uh, that he took over. He has some decent pieces, but it's it's pretty it's pretty bare overall. Um, I'm not even sure why. It's a 32-man roster. He only actually has 23 guys. But um, it's super flex. only quarterbacks of significance are Bridgewater and Breeze. He does have a pretty decent running back room of uh, Barkley, Jacobs, and Jonathan Taylor. They already have their rookie draft. Uh, he's basically got nothing at wide receiver besides a few. He's got a ton of rookies. He's got Lamb, uh, Tyler Johnson, Van Jefferson, Duvernay, Gallup, and then he has uh, Thielen. And then at tight end, he's got Goddard, but not much else there. So he definitely still needs to keep rebuilding here. He, he's still got a bit of a ways to go, I think, before contention. And so, the trade I came up with is actually kind of similar to one Russ came up with last week, where I have him giving Saquon Barkley. This is a conspiracy. (laughs) Boo! Drew Brees and Adam Thielen, and receiving Dak Prescott, Jerry Judy, and Cooper Cup. So Basically, and besides just the fact that it's in general a good idea to re when in super flex if you're rebuilding to rebuild around quarterbacks and wide receivers, I, I if you keep listening to this podcast you'll hear I'm not as super high on buying quarterbacks and you're going to be buying Dak high here, but um, when you're rebuilding I'm I'm a little more okay with it. They're going to hold their value for a while. Dak's Dak's going to be locked in the starter. If it's not, I, I'm sure it's going to be with the Cowboys, but even if not he'll be somewhere. Starting for years, and, and Judy, you're getting a rookie, you know, high end, rookie wide receiver. I, I love cup. Um, Goff seems to love cup, so you, you have to give something to get something, though. And like I said, similar to uh, what Rusted last week, I, I you throw in Breeze and Thielen, and the guy I'm trading him to, um, definitely has the look of a contender. He given up deck is a, is a bit of a big ask, but you know, you're getting Saquon Barkley out of it, so. Uh, I'm trying to find this guy's roster right now, he, he but he definitely has a pretty good team. Um, he has Darnold and uh, Tannehill as his other quarterbacks. So They're not great, but he could, he could afford to give up Dak, especially getting back Breeze. He also has Zeke and McCaffrey, so he'd have Saquon, Zeke, McCaffrey, which would just be ridiculous and pretty tempting to do. And he's, he's actually loaded with – they're not all studs, but he's loaded with startable receivers or, or good young receivers. And he's got Amari, Diggs, uh, Judy and Cup, who he'd be sending out. And he, he gets Thielen back to replace one of them. He gets Breeze to take Dak's place, and he gets to add Saquon to his roster. And he's definitely got the look of a contender, so I can see him doing it. With the DLF analyzer uh, points, it does come out, again, where – the team that we're having uh, sending the you know Saquon out is actually giving up more value on the analyzer. But sometimes, I mean, it just goes to show sometimes when you do a trade, um, you know, it doesn't matter what's on the calculator. It's what it, what's best for your team. I'm sure this set Har off trading Saquon, but what do you guys think? So here's yeah, the thing. The I'll <laughs> jump, Yeah, I'll jump in here. So, so here's the thing. Like this network,
0: the DAP network has been here for less than a week. And and, and it, on two straight shows, these are the two first shows of your podcast. You've had my support this whole time. We're supposed to be friends. You know you're having me on as a guest. And this is how you treat your guests. This is absurd. This is outrageous. And I will not stand for this Saquon Barkley slander on the second for the second straight week. This is, I just, oh as I sit here in my Saquon Barkley Nike elite edition that I paid way too much money for Jersey and my Saquads quads chain or quads chain that's made it's out of air cardboard. quotes chain. Yes. It's made it, out of cardboard and string. Yes. Well, <laughs> it, it's, it, it, it's baller. You guys can see it. It's baller. Maybe I'll post a picture on Twitter so that the listeners can see it. Um, anyways, yes, this is absurd. Now, um, no, that's all I have. I'm not even commenting on this. I, I can't. I can't even bring myself to comment on it, um, which which probably means it's not as bad as I think it is, or as I'm going to say it is, just because Saquon Barkley is involved and is, is being sent away like a like an animal or something. I mean, good grief, rock. <laughs> I mean, I expect this from Russ, but. Oh, I don't it's, even know
1: what to do. It made sense, Dustin. What do you think? <laughs> so no, I, know been, I know I've been.
2: I know I've been, you know, giving it to Brian all day today, um, but in all reality, um, I'm not giving up Saquon for this this package and this deal. Um, Saquon is the best player in the deal, and giving up the most points in the trade analyzer. And I hate giving up the most points and the best player in the deal. I do agree that Dak would be a huge upgrade. You know, he has Bridgewater and Breeze and that's it at quarterback. Uh, but I'd rather sell, use the rookie hype to sell Jonathan Taylor. Maybe sell Josh Jacobs. But, you know, you don't sell Saquon for a, a cup and a Judy um, in all reality. Um, I just, it, it I understand the reasoning why, but I, I would try to find another deal. Um, maybe around one of the other running backs. If you really want to commit to a rebuild Saquon is a generational talent that you build around um, that you don't just trade away. So I'm with you, Brian. I got you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, but I, I look at it as selling it for Dak and you're getting those two other receivers. And, and and the other reason is that he, he does have those two other young running backs. He's got a, a second year guy and a and a rookie um, both who look, Jacobs already performed and Jonathan Taylor is my number one RB in this class. So it's not like he's, he's getting killed at running back by trading Saquon. Like I said, you got to give up, give up something to get some, I mean, Dak is, is in a lot of super flex plays is a first round startup guy, just like Saquon is. So, and you're getting too young. Well, youngish with cup in return. So I I get what you're saying, but I still think it's a, it's, it's a worthy offer. So from a serious standpoint,
0: the The idea around this, I think, is is fine. Um, You know, wanting to take advantage of the value that Saquon Barkley holds in any type of league, regardless of format, uh, makes sense. uh, Especially if you can, again, I, I, uh, one more time, I would never do it, but. but the idea makes sense for me, the reason I wouldn't do this particular deal and I didn't look, uh, or, or I don't have access to the team. I know you said the young running backs, um, and startable wide receivers. Um, so Cooper cup to me and, and Jerry Judy, both. I mean, I feel like if you're sending Saquon, even if you're getting a a QB, the quality of Dak Prescott and, and, don't make any mistake about it. I mean, I think Dak's probably a top five quarterback for most people in Dynasty. So you know, so so I don't want to disrespect Dak because I I mean I've I've actually just acquired Dak last night in a league and I I paid the price for it. But um Judy and Cup to me both project as wide receiver twos on their own team. I mean, yes, Cooper Cup has slid into wide receiver he had, one numbers I was say he sure
1: wide receiver one year yeah
0: absolutely absolutely um you know and and can judy do that i don't know i mean i i personally think courtland sutton is the dog there the alpha dog um but but we'll see you know we'll, we'll see i mean they're they're the judy piece is nice i would have liked i would have liked a more of an alpha wide receiver one um, I know this is going to make you guys laugh because it's another Penn State player, but I would have loved Allen Robinson in this deal instead of Cooper Cup or, you know, or, or somebody like a, a and it's probably, it would probably be too much, uh, too much of an ask, uh, but somebody like DJ Moore or Cortland Sutton, and to me, to move Saquon Barkley, those are the types of guys that are going to need to be included in this deal, as opposed to a guy like Cooper Cup, who, yes, he has put up wide receiver one seasons. Yes, Brandon Cooks is on the way out, but Cup's already 27 years old, which is not old, but is old. You know what I'm saying? Uh <laughs> You know, he's he's had a knee injury that offense just took a big step back last year and I'm not sure what to expect. So I would want a different piece again rock. I think the the idea makes sense. I'm okay with the idea. I don't I mean, I don't love the idea because it's Saquon but the idea of moving an ultra elite asset like that upgrading your quarterback position and adding some nice young wide receivers in the process. I think that I that that process makes a lot of sense.
1: Okay. Like I said, it's good to but the whole point of this is to get different viewpoints. So you heard from me, you heard from Brian, you heard from Dustin. I think that's going to do it for this week's show. That's, that's the last thing we got. So I want to thank Brian for being here. Forgot to ask you this at the beginning. I think at the beginning, did I ha- have you say what uh, all the shows you're on and uh, everything you're doing?
0: Uh I don't think so. I can run through that real quick. So uh Brian Haar at Brian Haar FF on Twitter. I am a co-host of the trade addicts podcast with dynasty outhouse, Russ Fisher um, at trade addicts pod. Uh, give us a follow over there um, along with this show uh, and the trade addicts and the fin- fantasy timeline. Uh, you can find us all at the, the uh, dynasty addicts podcast network, still getting used to saying it. Um, the, the DAP network for short, it's at D a P underscore network on Twitter. Um, I also do some work over at DLF. I'm involved in the the Ask the DLF forums, so uh, our premium members can can ask DLF staff some questions in those forums, uh, and I I respond to those. Um, I've written some articles, but it's been a while, uh, so I need to get back to that a little bit. But um, and also Superflex Super Show. Uh, I'm a co-host on Superflex Super Show with John Hogue, James Catullus, Ethan Turner, and Stompy, uh, Sam Lane. And we have a great time over there at Superflex show on Twitter. Um, yeah, so a little bit a little bit of everywhere, but uh, I really appreciate you guys having me on tonight. Um, you're two of my favorite people in this community. I'm really happy uh, that you decided to do this and I'm looking forward to all of your success. Uh, I know it's it's coming. Uh, both of you are very knowledgeable guys. Um, and as you continue to grow this and can you continue to do this, you will get better and it will continue to suck you in just like the rest of this dynasty format does. Um, But I'm very happy for you guys and excited uh, to to be a part of this show tonight.
1: Yeah. And and thank you for coming on. Thanks for all the support. Um, Like I said, I guess we're going to wrap it up now. Make sure um, again, I'm Rocky Petrell at dynasty FF addict. Dustin's at, at dynasty junkie FF Uh, follow the pod at dynasty junkies pod. Keep listening, uh, follow and, uh, subscribe to the depth network and, um, just keep listening, rate, subscribe, review. Thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks a lot.
2: Chunky's out.